Hotel Marketing Podcast. I had doubt there, but it is in fact those seven episodes. We've been going for nine months now. And you are listening to the greatest show on earth about hotel marketing, brought to you by your friends at Fuel. And today I'm joined with Phil Fariska. Hey everybody. And Pete DeMeo. Hey everybody. Happy New Year. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Hello again. And Pete, that's an excellent segue. It is a new year. It is a new year. And we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions today for hotels. So did you guys have any New Year's resolutions yourselves? Well, I have two resolutions. One, I always come up with a New Year's resolution. This year, it's not big to you and Melissa, but I'm going to average at least 15 miles a month running. 15 miles a month? That's, how so, you can break that out? You know, like running half 15 a mile miles a day in one day and then eating yeah. potato chips for 29, 30 days. Well, good for you. So, no, I, I, I haven't run... The past year, so I need to get back into it. Yeah, enter then, a race. That's the best way to get motivated. If you enter a race, it holds you accountable. I was going to do that. I was going to find a 5K or a, mm-hmm. a mud run or something to do. do it. And then the other thing is, I always try to pick one new thing to learn each year. I haven't done one for 2017 yet. I need to do that for 2016. I learned how to pick locks, which is pretty cool. So, did you decide that at the beginning of the year? I'm going to learn how to pick locks yeah. this year. That's pretty cool. So Very every year, if you pick thing to learn, it is. So it goes in my MacGyver. So when I lock myself out of the house, I'm going to call you instead of a locksmith that just drills it and charges me. Well, one thing it does is it shows you that locks are made to keep honest people honest because they're really easy you can get into a padlock in about ten seconds, and mm-hmm. I'm not even good. Wow, so that's scary. So there you go. Pete's still going to charge you a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll buy you beer. How about that? I'll take. What it. about you guys? Do you have any resolutions? I'm withholding mine until we go through this list because mine actually fall into this list of Ooh, tease. What a tease. I like yeah. it. You're going to keep the listeners engaged, even though Pete and I are doing our best to make sure they're not engaged. <laughs> what about you, Phil? Um, I don't really have any you know, healthy, fun resolutions. I just want to shoot golf in the 70s this year at least once. That's a goal. That's a resolution. That is a definitely. That is good. Mine is to get more organized, and I've invested in, I've been trying to find the right digital solution for years, whether it's Wonderlist or Tada or all these different awesome tools out there online. And you know what I've decided? I listened to a, another podcast called the Fizzle Podcast, and they were talking about what they were doing to prepare for 2017, and a lot of them said, they have a physical paper planner. And I was like, you know what? I've never tried the old-fashioned paper planner. So I invested in this thing called the Panda Planner, and it is awesome. I've been using it for about a week, and it has made me so much more productive and so much uh, more efficient at what I do, and I'm loving it. So that is my tip for everyone. If you don't have a good organizational system, you're trying to find an electronic one, maybe consider the alternative and go backwards to, to the paper one. Because Panda Planner is awesome. But we're going to talk about today um, news resolutions and the typical ones people make, but we're going to apply them to hotels. But before we get into that, let's jump into the news. So what's going on in your world, Melissa? Well, as a matter of fact, it turns out that in case you were curious of what the secret to true happiness is, you've come to the right place. According to Booking.com, travel is the secret to true happiness. They have uh, done a study of 17,000 people across 17 countries, and it turns out that traveling makes people happy. 
More than half of people say that going on a vacation brings them more happiness than their wedding day. I'm not going to comment on that right now. 51% uh, say they prefer it over traveling than going on a date with their partner. Also not going to comment on that. Uh, some people will say, 70% will say that travel brings more lasting happiness than material things, including clothes, jewelry, and gadgets. For sure. I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, obviously, it was from Expedia, is that who did it? Booking.com. Booking.com. Booking uh, obviously, they have a vested yeah. you know, interest. Yeah. And, and as a hotel marketer, you should be leveraging information and using it as part of your social content for the next few weeks or months, right? You're telling people, I don't want to say where it came from booking.com because you don't want to be promoting a third party, right? You want to get direct channels. But telling people that they are happier when they travel as a hotel, you have a vested interest in that. So leverage that data. It's really, really powerful. I think most people that read it say, yeah, that makes sense. I definitely feel like the memories I gain when I travel are worth way more than the stuff I buy to fill up my house, for sure. I thought that the most interesting thing in this survey is that nine out of 10 participants say that it's the first day, the very first day of that vacation, that is the best time of their entire vacation trip. So it's saying that that first impression of your hotel is what is gonna make or break that vacation for that family. Hmm. That's interesting. Those people should take seven one-day vacations <laughs> instead of one seven-day vacation <laughs> to different places. But no, that's great. I mean, I think travel is, is definitely one of those things you can spend money on and become richer for it. So obviously encourage your guests and potential guests and social followers to travel because one, it makes you money, but two, it makes them happy. That's great. And by the way, that is one of my New Year's resolutions, to travel more. Okay. Is that your way of applying for um, vacation time? Uh, yes. Okay, deny. <laughs> Phil, what's next? Um, mine's not necessarily travel related, but Pete and I were talking about it earlier. We thought it was pretty fun. Uh, there was a little girl who um, figured out that she could use her Amazon Echo to order a dollhouse. And, you know, said, Alexa, order me a dollhouse. Well, that was picked up by news organizations and broadcast across televisions and... Her saying, Alexa, order a dollhouse, then made people's Alexas in their home order dollhouses for lots of people yeah. who didn't want yeah. dollhouses. So, so based on the, uh, I think that was out of LA, the, uh, the news station broadcast the story about it. Yeah. And every TV that had an Echo nearby also ordered dollhouses. Yeah, so whoever... Is there no, like, confirmation step in it? Like, you don't have to say yes or You can put or... that in place within the Alexa app. application, yeah. but it's it's a setting. That's hilarious. So yeah. that dollhouse company just got a lot yeah, of press, right? Yeah. So from a marketing perspective, one of the first things we want to recommend in 2017 is to run radio to book a stay at your hotel. Hey, Alexa. Run radio <laughs> stay at Alexa. <laughs> That's really cool. But, I mean, it, you know, bots in, in voice-activated searches, things like that, are, are becoming the norm. So many people, I mean, Alexa's was sold out for Christmas. You, you could not get them this year. And Google Home is coming out now, and... and Apple has their own device coming out that's going to do the voice search. Yeah, don't limit your radio commercials to just, hey, Alexa, make sure it's uh, okay Google as well. Exactly. But the point is how people consume, you know, they're ordering Ubers from this now. They're ordering pizza from this now. They're buying um, replacements for their pantry from this thing now. It is not far along. We see that the, the OTAs have already invested heavily 
in bots, in, in typed messaging apps that automatically give you responses and allow you to order. We're not far away from that being completely voice controlled where machine learning meets natural language processing. That is right there on the horizon and within the next 12 months it's going to be a reality so oh, i see people using this big time for their you know typical weekend vacation those who yeah. go to the you know the mountain every weekend you know they book the same spot that's going to be a typical voice command for them and 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 people the machines are going to yeah. book it for and them. that i mean that leads us into the third news item we have for today which was in t news and it talks about what now for chatbots in travel and it does talk a lot about the new Expedia chatbot that they launched on Facebook, Alexa, and also on Skype, and how it's being adopted. You know, I think a lot of people say, oh, this is brand new technology, but the fact is the Amazon device came out almost three years ago. You know, it's gone through different iterations. It's gone through a lot of up- updates, and it's becoming more and more normal for people to use voice in search. I mean, we've even talked about you know, the death of the SERP, because if you never type in a we're search... Not, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not allowed to say the death of anything on no, this. On this. <laughs> but, but you get the idea. is like, you know, it, it, it is shifting, and it's not starting right now. It started a while ago. And th- this article in particular, which is on T News, it's called What Now for Chatbots and Travel. Take a look at it. It does go into detail about, you know, how chatbots are being used by Expedia and other OTAs now, in 20 or were in 2016 but also expect in 2017 that this is one of those things that is going to take off pretty quickly now that's incubated for a year or two so so really read this article and, and take a look at it. it is something that's going to be on the horizon yeah it's exciting stuff as a tech technical nerd like most of us here are i mean this is really really got us sal- salivating that this is the way consumerism is going and especially for the travel industry it's cool all right, so let's jump into our topic. So we're talking about New Year's resolutions, and there was a, a study done about what were the top 10 New Year's resolutions that most people um, made by Nielsen, who are pretty reliable from a data perspective. So Pete, you want to run through that top 10 of regular resolutions? Absolutely. So Nielsen put out this study. This actually came out of people making 2017 resolutions. The number one resolution was to stay fit and healthy at 37%. It probably should be get fit and healthy because I'm sure most of the people making that weren't necessarily already there. <laughs> yeah. Most uh, people that are fit and healthy don't need to make that resolution. Yeah. Right? But right behind that were those people at 32% was to lose weight. Yeah. Followed by number three, enjoy life to the fullest at 28%. That kind of goes Which into... Which ties into the travel and happiness. Exactly. Spend less, save more was number four. Spend time, spend more time with family and friends was 20% of the time. Again, that ties in perfectly to travel. Number six was get organized. Stuart, that you're a member of that, that 18%. Number seven was will not make any resolutions. So that kind of falls into Phil's wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> number eight, learn something new or a new hobby, which is, is me. Wow, we're all on this list. Number nine, this one is definitely travel more. So that's, yeah, Melissa. that's Melissa. Yeah. And number 10 was read more. Wow, we all need to do that. So those are, are 10 things that most Americans are looking to do in 2017. The question becomes, how can hotels adopt those same resolutions 
define success. Yeah, they're all great resolutions. So let's kick off with the first one, Melissa. The first one is my top New Year's resolution is to stay fit and healthy. Now, most of you know that I'm a fitness nut, so that's not too much of a surprise. From a hotel standpoint, though, we are talking about analytics and rate parity. Very, very important to know the health of your website and your rates. Yes? I would agree. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like when, when you're tra- tracking your own health, it's not necessarily just about weight, right? It's, it's about fitness. It's about your biometrics. It's about taking your vital signs, right? And that's how you do it for hotels through the analytics software, knowing what your bounce rate is, knowing what your conversion rate, knowing how much traffic you're getting, knowing where that's coming from. Those are just the basics of knowing how healthy your website is. And the best part about monitoring your health or your analytics is you can't monitor your health or analytics without making improvements to your hotel's performance. Because you're seeing these analytics either on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, whatever period that you look at, you're going to start seeing those holes in your performance that you can work on improving. And this is really the cornerstone is if you start doing this, the rest of the items, the resolutions and you know, key marketing you know, fundamentals that we all try to follow are going to fall in place. Yeah, and once you've got your analytics in place, check that it works, test it. I mean, you don't know if something's broken. Test it when you come from a specific source and go from your website to your booking engine, make sure it's passing the variables, things like that. Melissa, last last week's episode talked about using Firebug to make sure that it's passing the right variables to Google Analytics, stuff like that. But also make sure, and we did a whole episode on this, make sure you're tracking the right metrics and make sure what the data is that you're looking at actually matters. Because sometimes you can get caught up in these vanity metrics that really don't mean a whole lot out of context. We did, I think it was episode 22 we did, we'll link to that in the show notes, but we did a whole episode on making sure you're focusing on the right metrics. So go check that out if you haven't already. It's like your health. Don't just look at BMI and expect that to be your... You know, your one one metric that you need. You, you need to know what's important to you and what really matters. Exactly, because your BMA, BMI, you've also got to look at your, you know, your fitness, your stamina, your, your heart rate, your blood pressure. There's a lot of other stuff that goes into that as well. And what about rate parity? Well, if you're not showing the best rate on your website, you're pretty much guaranteed that your customers are going to be looking at OTAs, TripAdvisor, they're out there comparing your rates. And if your rate is not the best, they are not going to book with you. Yeah, to me, this is like rate parity is like if you eat really healthy for like six days a week, and then that one day a week, you just fall off the wagon and you eat the most carcinogenic junk, (laughs) right? And then you wonder why there's a problem with your health, or you like just, you, you binge on really high sugar stuff, or you drink a lot of alcohol that one day, and then you wonder why your kidneys or your liver fails down the road, but you've been eating healthy for six days a week. Well, rate parity is like that, because you can have rate parity for six days a week, but if that seventh day is out of whack, then you're gonna see a huge impact in your conversion rate on your website, in the amount of money you're spending to acquire new business, and it's gonna impact not just your website, but every dollar you spend online, because guess what, every source that you're driving traffic to your website, they're also gonna go look at the OTAs. And if there's a rate parity issue, it's gonna cause you a problem. No matter how little of a problem that rate parity is, it's gonna cause a big problem. Yep. 
much like the second resolution, which is to lose weight. You know, it, you have to kind of go down to the, you know, what are you putting in to make sure that you're losing weight. Now, you're not going to expect that your hotel is going to lose weight, but what you can do is look at your hotel's website and think about making it the most optimized, streamlined, and slim website that it can possibly be. So this gets onto the technical side, but making sure that your images are the right size and they're not too big, making sure that your code is streamlined and does not have a lot of you know, dated or bloated you know, code that's gonna slow everything down. You know, doing this is it's a technical side, but keeping in mind that people are expecting your site to load in a fraction of a second. They're looking at it on a mobile device, they're expecting to get in, learn what they need and get out. If they have to wait for your site to load, you're gonna lose that customer. So cutting weight on your, your website is a key thing for, for 2017. And it's not just the usability side of things either. You've also got to consider search engines because they look at page speed as a factor in how they rank things. And then it's not just organic search, it's also things like paid search with AdWords, your quality score is dictated in part by your, the speed at which your site loads. So you can end up spending more money cost per click if you don't have a fast site. So there's a lot of ways you can increase it, like Pete mentioned, decreasing the size of the images and the code, but there are a lot of free tools out there. Our favorite is probably Google's um, PageSpeed Insights tool. We'll link to that from the show notes. But usually these tools will give you step-by-step -step instructions on what you need to do to fix it. Yeah, the one I really like for that is GT Metrics. We should share that one as well. Yeah, we'll put that link mm -hmm. as well. We talked about them last in last week's episode in our um, episode about our favorite tools. So we'll put both of those in here. But you should be looking routinely every six months at a minimum at how fast Google is indexing your site and then how fast your site is loading because getting rid of the... the the nonsense, the the clutter that's on there is it's not helping anyone, so just get rid of it and it's gonna improve everything you're doing from a marketing perspective. I'd also add Pingdom on there as well. There's a at tools.pingdom.com is a good free tool that will just scan your site real quick, tell you the average load time from some random location in the country or world, and they got a couple tabs. One of them will show you specifically what's slowing down your your page. Take that, share it with your web guys, and, and you'll be off to a better start. Yeah, and this is getting a little even more technical, but one thing you might want to consider, if you're if you are a highly trafficked site and page speed is really, really important to you, you've done everything you can to optimize, but you still want a little bit more, maybe look at a content delivery network, a CDN. There's a lot out there. If you just go to Google and type in content delivery network, um, you'll probably find some. We, we use a couple of different ones here, right, Pete? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the ones that we've used, it's... It is purely a technical setup, but it's taken sites that would take one or two seconds to load down to a quarter of a second. And it, it really is amazing where you go to the website and it immediately pulls up the entire site. You know, I can't stress those enough. It's such an important step. A year, two years ago, uh, CDN was a pretty expensive proposition for a site. Those have come down so much in price that I think every hotel should consider that one of the, the tools in their arsenal. Yeah, and just in layman's term, basically what a CDN is and what it does is it caches a version of your website, a static version of your website, somewhere in the backbone of the internet 
that's really fast to access. So when someone tries to pull up your website, myhotel.com, it doesn't actually have to even hit your web server until they're making a, a call that's unique, like a, a booking engine request or something like that. But most of the content that's static on your website, that's gonna be loaded directly from the content delivery network, not hit your service, and it is way faster. And like Pete said, it's really cost effective and, and it's something you should definitely look into. All right, so what's the third resolution? The third one we got is enjoy your life to the fullest. And the way we equate that to hotels is basically showing your personality and your content and, and focusing on your strength. Um, so what we're saying here is you can't appeal to, to all guests. Um, you need to speak to what those guests like and, and, and how you can offer that to them. Um, really just want to make sure that, that your content is reflecting the personality of your property, of your staff, and, and how you want to come across to everybody. It's, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy to me that people are still treating social media like it's a corporate press release. You know, they try to have this stuffy, monotone tone and voice to what they're pushing out there. And, it, and it's just... That, that's not the point. Yeah, like, there's no got, fun. There's no personality. Exactly. People aren't going to engage with that. It's on social media. And when you think about it, you're competing with their family, their friends, their interests. You have to stand out in that crowd. And, and just saying, hey, we're doing this, it, it's not going to work. You've got to be surprising out there. You've got to offer value out there. You've got to show fun out there. And if you're enthusiastic about something that your property's doing, show that. I mean, like what Stuart's talking about, if you guys are offering something unique, something new, be excited about it and, and show that to the people who are looking at you. Well, remember that the people looking at your new section of your website, <clears throat> your Facebook profiles, Twitter, whatever it might be, you are at a place that's cooler than where they are because they want to go on vacation and according to booking.com that's the secret to happiness you better be happy <laughs> you better be energetic and you really better just exude happiness and excitement that you are you know in Virginia Beach in Myrtle Beach wherever it might be because that's the thing that's going to spur them to say I'm done thinking about a vacation I'm ready to take a vacation if you're boring and you're CNN and you're not you know if you're if you're taking a pure editorial perspective you're going to miss that customer. And no one cares, right? Right, it's, nobody's going to care. So, it's so boring. You need you need some life. You need some personality. So that's kind of what we're getting at with that point. Enjoy your life to the fullest and, and show show your show your personality through your content. Yeah, and that also, not just your personality, but your strengths, right? So if you are a property that has unique amenities in your area, make sure that you're putting them front and center. If you have a bowling alley or if you have a lazy river, those should be front and center. You shouldn't make your guests try to find that. You should be telling people about that. And likewise with your reputation. If you have great reviews on TripAdvisor, don't let people go to TripAdvisor to learn that. Tell them about mm -hmm. it on your website. Tell them about it on your social channels. Be the person that you are and that, the other, that your guests are telling you that you are and let your guests tell other people who you are because that's the best kind of evangelism you can get. For sure. Now, what's number four? Number four is spend less, save more. And that is literally what you're going to do if you're a hotel marketer. We want to stop wasting money on ineffective marketing. Now, assuming that you've already taken care of New Year's resolution number one and you've got your analytics set up and working correctly, this is the tool you're going to use to figure out how to stop wasting money. Everything you need to know just about is in that tool where you can see 
all your marketing channels and how much money each of those channels has made you. And we understand that not every part of the funnel is going to give you the same ROI or a great ROI. We know that branding marketing is not going to give you the ROI as say something like brand PPC, but know what it is that you're going after and make decisions to cut out the fat in your spending. I mean, it's, it's dead on so much of what we spend money on as marketers is not effective. And if you can eliminate just a small portion of that, you're not only taking money away from what's losing you money, but you're putting it toward things that are gonna start making you more money. So, you know, things like, you know, marketing automation, things like scheduling and paying attention to what's going on, in addition to getting rid of the dead weight in your media plan, you know, all go a long way to, to making for a better year. And another thing to mention there is, is if you don't know if it's effective or ineffective, find out. Do whatever you got to do to right. find out whether those efforts are working for you. And if you don't know, probably move to, time to move to something that you can prove. Yeah. Yeah, there's no excuse. There's zero excuse for you not tracking every single dollar you spend on marketing anymore. And yes, like Melissa said, you've got to consider where it is in the funnel and if it's new or repeat business and and attribution from multiple touch points. You've got to consider all that, but at the end of the day, you should be tracking everything through campaign IDs, online and offline. You should be using unique call tracking numbers so you understand not just what's coming through your website, but what's coming in through the reservations line as well. And I can't imagine, can you imagine 20 years ago before analytics really existed and before websites really even existed, how did you make decisions related to your marketing budget? You know, it would have been really, really difficult. Yeah, you could have done the phone number thing to a degree, but there's no way you could have had the insight that we are all blessed to have today. So to not use that data is just, it, it's lazy, it's sloppy, and you should probably look for another job. Yeah, and it's instantaneous data. I mean, I remember going back to when I kind of first started in the business, this was the year 2000 actually, it was if you had phones that were tracking, you waited for the telco to provide the report. 30 days right. after anything happened, if it was a print ad, you were waiting for a business reply card to come in, which took months, and you're trying to steer your marketing on data that came in two and three months ago. You know, Now you can do it real time. Well, And it was incomplete data, because yeah, you could see the call volume, but you couldn't see the quality of the calls. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see how many of those converted and what was the average sale and what was the ROI on your advertising. So that old adage of 50% of your advertising is ineffective, you just don't know which 50% does not apply anymore. It used, I mean, to, be, it used to be true, now it's yeah. you better no more than 50%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't know where 100% of your marketing is going and, and how effective 100% of your marketing is, then, then you need help. Call us. <laughs> We're here to help. <laughs> And, you know, going from there, you know, the number fifth resolution was spend more time with family and friends. So how we equate that to the hotel business is focus on the guest, embrace guest reviews, and then leverage that user-generated content. You know, this is going to be a big thing in 2017. It was a big thing in 2016. It's going to get even bigger this year. But you really do want to make sure that the experience you're creating for your guest cannot be beaten by anybody else. From pre-arrival in your email communications and other communications with your guests, 
to your on-site experience and how your front desk treats and welcomes the guests when they arrive, right through to when the guest leaves, the post-stay survey, and starting to collect and show those customer experiences to the next set of guests that are going to be you know, coming or planning the trip to, to your property. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, especially when they're struggling with, say, reviews or the customer experience is lacking and they want us to help them market and they have a budget assigned. I'm like, you need to allocate a good portion of that marketing budget back into operations because until you fix your operational issues, you know, every review is saying your rooms are dirty. You've mm -hmm. got to fix that. We can't put lipstick on a pig and just sell whatever your product is as it stands. If you have a great product, clean rooms, great customer service, great offerings, great food, whatever it is that you provide on property. If you do that, then 90% of your marketing is taken care of because your consumers are gonna market for you through word of mouth. And you can leverage their information, you can leverage their reviews, you can leverage their photos and their experiences and their testimonials and their videos to market yourself. And that's way more authentic than just trying to spin what you think you want mm -hmm. people to hear uh, just authenticity is so critical and the best way to be authentic is to provide a great customer experience. Yeah, there are so many tools as well. I think in the past we'd always rely on the customer going and finding reviews on TripAdvisor and finding information about your property somewhat off your website. But I think in 2017, you should be planning on them getting that experience and that customer, that third party feedback directly on the website. Yeah. There's a lot of great tools from you know showing TripAdvisor reviews to great tools such as Flip2 or Flip.to that really do show that customer experience directly on your website. Yeah, that should definitely be every hotel marketer's goal this year is to try to keep prevent potential guests from leaving your website and going somewhere else to find information. Whether that's rate comparison, whether that's reviews, whether that's testimonials, whether that's photos, whatever it is, there's all these other sources out there where they can get that. Why not make them get that or allow them to get that on your hotel website? Because your conversion rate is going to go up. They're not going to go and be exposed to the competition or another channel by which they can book your, your hotel. So try your best to keep them on your site. And the only way to do that is to provide them every single piece of information that they need to make a good decision. And the other side of this is there are numerous studies out there that indicate that when you engage with guests during their stay, they're more likely to have a positive experience and they're more likely to stay with you again. So making sure that you set expectations appropriately before they stay, but making sure that welcome experience when they get to the front desk is great. Making sure you check in with them during their stay to see if there are any problems and head them off before they become a huge problem and before they leave the property and leave a negative review. You have control when you are hosting them at your property to impact their experience. Once they've left, you lose all control of what they do and what they say. So fix the problems while they're on property. And the only way to do that is to engage with them and speak with them. And you can do that through text messaging, through phoning the room, through push notifications, through a mobile app if you have it, through just bumping into them in the hallway. There are multiple opportunities to engage with guests while they're on property. And it's the best way to improve their experience. Well, if, if you take that and you look at it from an Airbnb review perspective, 
when you stay with an Airbnb property, you have someone who is typically there at the house or the apartment or wherever you're staying, and they don't just say, hey, your room's upstairs, and you see them again. The great Airbnbers are the ones who bring you into the community. They show you what's happening around the neighborhood or the city that you're in, and they're actually the reason that Airbnb is growing is because it's that experience. It's you know the person is not just you know a number staying in room seven thirty four. They're a real person. Yeah, they're basically staying. being the concierge. Yeah, be that yeah. to your customer. But they're making a personal connection, <laughs> right. and that's what's been lost in the hospitality industry. Is technology has evolved and allowed us to to automate a lot of the process of ho- the hotel business. We've lost the hospitality side. We've forgotten how to be an innkeeper and really make a personal connection with everyone in the hotel. All right, what's the next one? Uh, next one is get organized. It's really common New Year's resolution, but the way we're relating that to hotels is is getting organized by having a marketing strategy and having a content calendar. Um, it's really important for you to go back and look at your analytics and look at your data from the past year. Make a plan and have have that in place and make sure your entire staff knows about it. it the same goes for a content calendar. Know, know what pieces that you want to talk about that you want to promote and push and, and, and plan those out and, and fully flesh out those ideas before you just go ahead and throw something out there willy-nilly. Make sure you have a plan, a content calendar, and a marketing strategy. Organize yourself so you can get through the year structured. Yeah, we have two types of clients, you know, and a lot of times we'll train them to be the second kind, right? So the first kind is the one that kind of flies by the seat of their pants. They kind of have a rough idea of what they're going to do and they just, they kind of wing it along the way, right? And these people let the urgency of whatever's in front of them dictate the priority every day. And then there's the other side, and this is much more efficient, the, the folks that have a plan and we can help them with that plan or they've developed it themselves but it's having a calendar knowing what types of promotions you're going to do at what times of the year and then aligning all your marketing behind that because you want to make sure that the social posts that you're putting out and the emails that you're sending and the adwords ads that you're promoting and the banners on your website all are telling the same story at the same time so whether it's back to school specials or spring savings or sizzling summer getaways Whatever that period is, your, all your marketing is aligned behind that. And the best way to get ahead of that and not be scrambling is to have a calendar, write it down, set goals, look at your analytics, look at the data, figure out what it is that you want to improve this year over last year, and make sure that you're aligning your strategy behind those specific key performance indicators. Yeah, and as we mentioned, I mean, it. it, it... It, take, it, it makes so much sense. So look at your analytics. See what worked for you last year. Say it's spring break. You need to push spring break hard. Make sure that you know when you're going to post on social media, when you're going to put that blog post out, the day you're going to start your sale and the day you're going to end your sale. All of those things need to align. That's, that's basically what we're talking about here. One thing to consider also is, and we've talked about this countless times on this podcast. I know I've done presentations. I know, Stuart, you've done presentations on building great 10x content you cannot build 10x content without a plan what you end up doing is saying oh it's the 29th of the month i have to have a piece of content written on by each month and then you just crap one out you post it to your website and it's okay but the web is full of okay content what you have to do is say at the beginning of the month 
this is what I'm going to be working on. And then you spend the time, you bring the whole team in, and you build a great piece of content. You can only do that with a content marketing plan, a calendar, and then feel like you said, how do you promote that on all your channels? You got to have that content first, and then you start Facebook, Twitter, everything else, Instagram, bringing it together. The only way you can be a great marketer is by having a plan and investing the appropriate amount of time in executing that plan. Because like you said, Pete, if you wait till the 29th and you have to get a blog post out because that was your goal, then you're in reaction mode and, and you're panicked and you don't invest the time that you need to invest in making it 10x, exactly like you said. So writing it down is really important because that holds you accountable. Sharing it with your team also is important because that holds you even more accountable because now you've told them what you're going to do. And if you say, I'm going to have this blog post out at this time and it's going to take me two weeks to really invest in the research, then you've got two dates on your calendar. One is the, the launch date, but one is the when do you start working on it. And if you have that on your calendar, that's going to be what prevents you from working in reaction mode and that's what's going to allow you and afford the time to invest in great marketing. Amen. All right, what's next? Number seven. Some people will choose not to make any resolutions whatsoever. And we say fooey to that. Well, Phil doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody on this planet, maybe on some other planet, but not on this one, nobody is perfect, nor is your website. There's always, always room for improvement somewhere. And of course, this comes back to my philosophy, always be testing. I think you probably hear that every time I'm on this podcast. It's at least twice. The ABTs. The ABTs, always be testing. There's always room for improvement. There's always something that you can be doing better. Even if it's something small, small incremental changes over time will make a huge impact on your bottom line. And there's a lot of tools out there that make this super easy now. Whether you're looking you know, at a test and target or an Optimizely or a web, visual website optimizer, or even Google has their own tools to help you optimize the site. But it's not just a website. You should be testing everything. If you're running AdWords campaigns, testing the cost per click, t testing the ad copy. If you're, if you're sending emails, and I hope that everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast is sending some form of emails, testing the subject line. And I don't mean just like send one subject line this week and one next week and then try to figure it out. I mean, every email you send should have two different subject lines. Send 10% of your database subject line A, 10% subject line B, whichever one wins, automatically send out the other 80% gets the winning one. You're gonna be optimizing on the fly in real time and making more money every single time by testing. Test, 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 test. And testing is easy. If you go back to number six, which was to get organized, if you have a couple extra days in your production schedule for an email that's going out, it makes it really easy to launch that A-B test that you talked about. If you're against the deadline, you know, it, it makes it harder to really think through your analytics. But, but I mean, you're right. You know, just test, track, and you, know, you will find ways to improve if that's the only thing you do. Number eight is to learn something new or a new hobby. And since we already saved you a lot of money by getting rid of the dead weight on your budget, we recommend somewhere between 15 and 20% into you know, exploratory type campaigns. That might be learning something new about say Google hotel ads, learning about how you can use apps for your, you know, your property, 
VR is going to be a big thing, if not now, you know, within 12 months. You know, that's something that you have to focus on. Maybe your hotel's not using Instagram at all. Maybe you're not using Snapchat at all. Spend some time, not necessarily even budget, but spend some time understanding those technologies and learn something new. Because, you know, we talked about kind of that, that sweet spot where, you know, not enough people are using a platform to where you can really start making a lot of money in it if you're an early adopter. Start, start dabbling in each of those new things that are coming in so you can see which is going to work for you. Yeah, I mean, if you're not trying new things, then at some point you're going to stop being unsuccessful. Because if you think about this, 20 years ago, if we were a marketer and we said we're never trying anything new because everything we do works great, you would be stuck doing print, you know, direct mail, the, the AAA magazine, and maybe some radio commercials, but that's it. Because you know what? The internet didn't really exist in a meaningful way, way 20 years ago. You didn't have a website that had real-time online bookings 20 years ago. You didn't have search engines. If we look back 10, 15 years, you didn't have mobile phones. You didn't have social media. So these things are, it feels like they've been around forever, but they, relatively speaking, they really haven't. So think about what's going to happen in the next 5 or 10 or 20 years that's going to really, it's, it's going to disrupt how consumers purchase and how they shop. We talked about spe uh, speech, voice search earlier. That's going to be huge. VR could potentially be huge. You should always, always, always have a contingency in your budget to invest in these experimental things. And you've got to be really careful because what we're not saying dump what's working for you. You've got to continue to invest in what is working for you, no, no question. And we're definitely not saying jump into every new bandwagon that comes along because there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of noise where this is the latest cool hit thing that is never going to work for hotels. So what we recommend is keeping an eye on your competition, keeping an eye on industry leaders and people that tend to invest heavily in experimental stuff and try to figure out what's working for them and then be an early adopter. Don't wait till it hits critical mass before you jump in because you can always benefit from that phenomenon of arbitrage. When AdWords first launched, we talked about this a lot, your CPC was so low because the competition was low. When Facebook advertising first launched, the same exact thing happened. You know, It isn't happening right now on Snapchat, but I think there are some interesting things going on with travel and Snapchat. Certainly with Instagram, if you're in a tropical location or you're an experiential hotel, Instagram is something you need to be investing in. But make sure you're doing the core stuff well first. Don't invest in an Instagram strategy if you haven't nailed your Facebook strategy. Definitely do the block and tackle stuff first, but plan ahead so you have time to experiment a little bit. One, it's really fun, but two, you never know when you're gonna find that little nugget of gold and it's gonna make you a bakuzel of money. Yep. And I'll say, sorry for you, I'll say the old cliche, if you're not growing, you're dying. And we don't want our clients to die. We don't want you to die, so keep growing. Hey, I was gonna say another cliche, which is nobody wants to be first, but everybody wants to be first to be second. And I think that kind of applies to the new technology is, you know, you want to see what's happening. You want to start seeing a little bit of success before you completely dive in. So Stuart, to your point, seeing what your competitors are doing, seeing what people are doing outside of your industry and how it could apply to your to the hotel industry also. Yeah, you guys well. basically just walked us right into our next 
next resolution here. Why which Phil? Is, what is that? It's travel more. And by travel more, we're, we're saying you should stay at your competitors' properties and keep an eye on what they're doing with their marketing. Uh, you got to know what the other people in your area, other hotels and properties in the area are doing. And by that, we're saying go to their hotel, walk around, check it out, understand what they're offering their guests on a day-to-day. But you also want to pay attention to their marketing. Sign up for their email newsletter. Make sure you know, you're know you following them on social channels. Maybe not from your hotel's Facebook page, but a personal <laughs> one. But you know, keep an eye on what they're doing so you can implement what they do well for yourself in, in a way it works for you. But, but knowing what your competition is doing is, is essential to, to you being able to compete with them. Yeah, it's really hard. There's a lot of intangibles in what creates a great experience, right? And the only way to really understand it is to experience it yourself. So if you're in an area and you're in the top 10 in TripAdvisor and you want to crack the top five, go stay at the top five places and just see what are the little details that, you're, that you, you get to experience that you hadn't thought about. It could be the staff being a, just a little bit more friendly. It could be that there's little subtle differences in the room itself. They could offer free water. It could be just tiny little things that are making the difference between that 4.5 star and the 5 star. And if you can't go stay at all these properties, which some of you may not be able to, highly competitive area, read their reviews because the Mm -hmm. people will tell you what they're doing well and what they're doing poorly. It's the same thing you'd see on your own property, but go read your competitors' reviews and and see what you can improve on. I mean, a perfect example is, you know, over Christmas, I went to Virginia Beach to see some family, and we stayed at a hotel, you know, on the ocean in Virginia Beach. I left my suitcase on the bed. The maids came in, cleaned the bed. There was a nice little note, hey... We try not to move your stuff so we didn't make your bed. Hopefully that's okay. If you would like for us to make your bed, you, you want to move your suitcase to someplace else. So basically their company policy was never touch the guest stuff. But the way they did that, it actually made me feel bad. I feel like I got in trouble at the property. But <laughs> I was like, oh no. I, I can I, see some people getting mad yeah, about I, that, I've so. disappointed my housekeeper. I felt bad about it. <laughs> But the way they did it was very personable. And I understand that my bed was not made because I left something there and they respected my privacy and they respected my stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you're not going to get if all you do is look at that person's you know PPC campaign and see they're running on this ad mm-hmm. or running on this keyword search. Yeah, and there's so many properties that would have just not made the bed or would have made the bed, right? So e- either they didn't make the bed and didn't tell you why they didn't and mm-hmm. then you're mad. Because right. they should have made my bed, but they didn't leave the little personal note. Or they came in and moved your stuff. And for some people, that's that would be a big thing. drive them yeah. crazy, right? Because where did they put it? What else did they touch? So it's that personal touch. They're actually stopping to think about it from the guest perspective, yeah. not just from an operational efficiency perspective, which is what hotels have got in the habit of doing. So I love that. But yeah, like you said, Phil, you can't realistically stay everywhere. And really, a lot of times, inspiration comes from out of market. It's not just your competitive set in market. Look at similar properties. If you offer unique value, if you're like really big into health and wellness, something like that, go follow other properties in other destinations. Sign up for their newsletters because you know what? You can get away with borrowing, and I'm saying that in air quotes, <laughs> a lot of their content ideas. Don't just copy and paste. But you can get inspiration from them for your marketing without getting in trouble because 
the chances are no one else is watching them and you, right? So if you do that with someone down the street, you're probably gonna get called out. But if you do that with from someone in a different continent, it's a good chance you're gonna get away with it. And you know, mimicry is the best form of flattery, as they say. So you, you can borrow ideas from similar properties wherever they may be. So what's the last one? We're down to number 10. Number 10, maybe the most important, I don't know, maybe the best for last, is read more. And we, you know, we have to plug ourselves here. You should all be enjoying the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast and a list of our favorite other news sources. Exactly. And, and when we say read more, it's really just educating yourself and learning more, right? It doesn't matter whether it's video or audio or, or reading. You know, I, I read a lot of books, but I don't physically read them. I listen to them when I'm running. I, it's, I use audible.com. I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's where I get a lot of my knowledge from as well. So you got, you should definitely invest some time in your day to educating yourself on hotel marketing, on the industry that you're in, but also it's a good way to expand your horizons. Learn about stuff you've never thought about learning about before. Listen to podcasts that are out there from like NPR. They do a lot of great content that's just like This American Life or listen to stuff like Radio Lab, which is just going to give you human interest stories that are going to expose you to information that you never had before. And you never know when that next great idea is going to come to you. And if you just stick to what you know, like Melissa said earlier, if you don't grow, you die. And the only way to grow is to infuse new information into your brain. And the best way to do that is to educate yourself through podcasts, through news articles, through blogs, through books, through whatever it is. So. Listen to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast continually. Yeah, we definitely awesome. appreciate yeah. all of our listeners. Thank you guys very um, much. Hopefully you learned some stuff from that. But what are some other things, that, some other um, sources, guys, that we like to read on a, on a constant basis? So just a, a few of the ones that, that we use. The first one is TNOOZ, which is T-N-O-O-Z.com. It's a hotel staple of information. You have to spend a little bit of time there. We, I look at that site literally every day, just kind of get an idea. It's a great news aggregator, but they also do a really good job promoting custom content. The other one that we look at is hotelmarketing.com, which is just a straight up news aggregator of everything from press releases to content to, to you name it. It's just a quick rundown of what might be trending in any given day. Another one to check out is hotelonline.com. Another good, it's a, it's a good site. It is very specific to news acquisitions, like DMO type information. A little bit technical, but still, you know, good one to look at. Kind of moving down from there. And we have a list of all these in the show notes with links and, and whatnot. But Hotel News Now, this is the one where if you really want to get in the weeds in terms of hotel data and you want to see you know, what is impacting hotel trends in the Asian market, that, that's where you go. It's not necessarily, you know, top line type stuff, but it really does dig into, you know, what might be impacting, you know, hotels when, you know, 20, I just read it today where, you know, 20 states are increasing the minimum wage. How will that impact the hotel business? 
Yeah, it definitely gets in the nitty gritty. Yeah. And there's a lot of industry stuff like that. We'll link to that all mm-hmm. in the show notes, like Pete said. But there's also non-industry stuff or just marketing specific stuff like search engine land and Mars. You can find content out there on whatever you're wanting to learn. There's no reason if you are, are deficient in SEO or deficient in AdWords or whatever specific type of marketing it is that you haven't quite mastered and you want to know more about, there are websites out there, there are aggregators out there, there are subscription newsletters out there that you can sign up for that are going to help you improve. Generic generic marketing podcasts. I listen to those. Not generic, I shouldn't say that. But general hotel marketing podcasts I listen to all the time. I know you guys do as well. I mean, we try to we try to you know tailor all, all of our stuff towards hotel and hospitality. But, you know, you can draw inspiration from any type of marketing podcast or any type of general knowledge podcast like you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I would, would. You go. I would throw. <laughs> no, out, keep interrupting each other. Sorry, I would throw out Twitter as well. If you know a good hashtag to follow, you don't need to specifically follow people, but if you know the hashtag for analytics, it's measure and or analytics for hotel marketing. It's hashtag hotel marketing. There's all kinds of information you can find out by just following a hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I, I tend to find like blogs that I I, I really like. Yes. I start following certain hashtags, and they'll see the same person two or three times posting articles that interest me and then i'll go and subscribe to their blog or something like that it's twitter is a great tool for finding people i would say of all the resolutions we talked about this is a really good one to you know if, if you are the leader of your marketing team make this the culture of your team have you encourage people to spend time reading spend time listening to podcasts and grow and if you're not a team leader and you're just you know a you know a day-to-day worker in the hotel industry, listening to this is great brownie points when you hear a good podcast or you read a good article to fire that off in an email. This is kind of a great team experience because you can listen to so many more points of view and see how that would impact your business. Yeah, that's the great thing about being a, in a team. Like, you know, here at Fuel we have you know, either people send emails or we have a Skype distribution list or whatever, but people are constantly sharing articles that they find interesting or that they learn something from. And I probably learn as much, if not more, from other people exposing me to that than I do from my own just research and my daily routine. So, But this comes back to that previous point, which is you got to plan ahead, right? Because if you don't have a plan and you're always in reaction mode and you're always trying to put out fires, then you don't have time for the educational side. And that is where you're going to get stagnant and you're going to not grow and you're going to die. So you've got to have that plan in order to be able to invest the time in experimental stuff like we talked about, in education like we talked about, in looking at your analytics that you talked about. So a lot of this does come down to being organized and having a plan. So guys, what are your final thoughts? Have you, are you changing any of your resolutions now after this conversation? I might make some. <laughs> so you don't die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't want you to die this year. Thanks, guys. Maybe next year. I don't yeah. know, but not this year. Give us another year. All right, I got you. Yeah. I, I, here's what I would say. It's January. We're recording this is January 6th. Spend a little bit of time to think about what you want to achieve in 2017. Start thinking about a content calendar. Start thinking about putting some resolutions down on paper and you making it happen. I mean, one thing that I do, this is kind of cheesy. I have a post-it note on the mirror in my bathroom. And I always write down, typically I have like three resolutions and that one new thing I want to learn. And I put that on there. 
And every morning, you know, I see, you know, I didn't get to it today, but pick, it's pick locks. There. Learn to pick locks. Right, exactly. But it, it's always there. It's always front and center. You yeah. know, so if for, for you, it's to get your hotel using Instagram, make it front and center so you don't remember it December 30th. Yeah. And it's never too late to, late to start. You don't have to start these things January 1. But don't wait till December to start it. But you can start them today or tomorrow, but you, you've got to start some sometime. And that's the hardest part. When you take that first step, you're a lot more likely to succeed. If you don't take that first step, you are going to fail every single time. So you just got to have the courage and the, um, the scrappiness to just go do it. What about you, Melissa? You got any I say thoughts? that whether you're going to run your first mile or your first marathon, it all starts the same way with one step at a time. So with your resolutions, take the same approach. One mm-hmm. thing at a time. Just start. Agreed. Phil, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, the first step should be call us. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. The other thing I would say is don't overwhelm yourself. Right, We're throwing a lot of resolutions. You cannot maintain all 10 of these resolutions. It's not physically possible. So pick one or two and master that before you move on to the next. Because if you try to do too many, you're going to fail at all of them. And then you're going to be back to square one. So just... You know, if I had to pick one, it would probably be getting a plan. Because if you have a plan, you then find the time to be able to incorporate these other resolutions. Um, probably find, have a plan and fix your analytics would be the two. But. Yeah, that should be priority number one. <laughs> <laughs> Just my personal opinion. Spoken by the analytics expert. But yeah, so this is our podcast on New Year's resolutions. We've also got a blog article on our website that kind of goes into some of this detail, but then also some other tan, um, tangential um, conversations about some of these as well but it's the same 10 so if you want to check that out and maybe get a little different spin on what we talked about today that is on our, on our blog at fueltravel.com slash blog you can get the notes to this podcast at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 37 and then you can find us on the web at fuel travel and we'd love to hear your feedback hear what your resolutions are and if we've inspired you with this episode and you're going to pick one of our resolutions let us know again at fuel travel and then pete where can they find you on the interwebs well they can best place is twitter at p demayo p d-i-m-a-i-o and phil you can find me on twitter at p fariska that's p-f-o-r-i-s-k-a and Melissa. I am on Twitter at Ma Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And again, you can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. We would love to get your feedback. Again, if you're liking what you're hearing on the podcast, we'd love to get your reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So please do that. That means a lot to us. And we will read them out on the show. And then until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I don't have anything funny to say. I just really have to pee.